of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. Shouted out by the one and only. I was going to let you go, Curtis. I, I don't know. Who did we get shouted out by the one and only who? who the cameo guy. About? Oh, Michael Sweet. There we go. Yes, we were shouted out by Michael Sweet. I thought there was somebody new that I wasn't aware of. Yes, we were shouted out by Michael Sweet. That was a paid shout out, but he still shouted this out. So Michael Sweet knows who we are, is what Curtis is trying to say. Well, I want to point out something. Michael Sweet's been following me on Twitter for many, many months now, so he kind of knew who I was already. Is that because you didn't stop tweeting at him? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but it worked. He actually retweeted me twice, too. That's awesome. But, like, Gary V does that shit, too. Like, I was listening to – and this is – like, you shouldn't hold yourself above following back random people people who are engaging with you you know like gary v i was listening to his podcast this morning and literally like as people as people are um talking about him on a live he's retweeting them and he's and he's and he's following them yep you know like everyone should be like i think that a lot of people try to like hold themselves aloof or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of corny man like there's no reason to hold yourself aloof everyone's just a person you know, and yeah. like, especially in sort of the underground, like the bands who try to act like they're some sort of, you know, hot shit is like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, there's, well, here, well, just, just as an aside, before we get to the main topic, there isn't, there is a thing, like I can see some bands wanting to do the mystique thing, right? But I mean, at but the same most time. most bands do it wrong. Exactly. That's the thing. Like the mystique thing is very, very hard to execute. Agreed. One person who does do it very well, who I'm going to give a shout out to while being very, very approachable and sociable uh, is our friend Nighthawk from Heavy Temple. She does both the mysteriousness by using her stage name and uh, she, but at the same time, interacts with people like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Like she's fucking down, but she also knows how to dress on stage and knows how to present her band and like and, maybe three people know her real name. I mean, in Philly, people know her real name. Yeah. Other than that, though. Um, but regardless, yeah, she, yeah. So, Nighthawk from Heavy Temple, Sue Denim, uh, is Please. a really is a really good one. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so what were we going to talk about today, though, Curtis? We weren't here to talk about Sue Denim. We were not here to talk about Sue Denim, but shout out to her again because she's releasing a new album with her other band very shortly, I've been told. Um, But we are going to talk about goofy stuff today. So one thing that I noticed is in the past two weeks, um, there's been a glut of people doing things that me and Matt usually do. (coughs) Excuse me, like, you know, going live, uh, tweeting more, posting more and all the rest of it, which is fantastic and awesome. And you need to keep doing that. And there's no reason why you should stop doing that at all. Uh, but one thing you got to keep in mind is when um, the game gets upped, you got to start doing things a little bit differently again. 
to stand yeah, out. Yeah, I, I, like one thing to keep in mind is like 30,000 Patreon accounts were opened like the week the quarantine started. Yes, but also keep there are 7 billion people or 8 billion people on earth. So just keep those two things in mind because yes, there's a lot of people doing it. Don't stop doing it because a lot of other people are because you can still make uh, decent coin doing these lives and stuff so don't stop doing it i mean even if you only made like 10 bucks for doing a, a half an hour live it's 10 yeah, bucks yeah you know still good you know what i mean you're making 10 bucks an hour i don't know what minimum wage is in the united states but that's roughly about minimum wage here so it's more than you know it's better than a kick in the ass i mean when <laughs> no no i'm serious i mean if i, no, I know for half an hour live i'd fucking do it in a heartbeat you know what i mean yeah. um so so don't stop doing it so i mean even if you're only making like five and bucks still do it i mean you know income is something that you need during this time period when a lot of people are stop, stopping spending but the other key thing you want to do is you want to start doing other things as well like we talked before at one period about doing goofy shit and memes and stuff like that which is something a lot of people don't like doing but guess what humor will pro will get you a long way right now because a lot of people are being ultra serious putting on the tinfoil hats you know and just the world's going to end blah 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 or they're like you know they're in in fear mode so the thing that happens when you're in fear mode is you know you don't do anything constructive so you want to start attracting the people that aren't like necessarily well, you want to kind of like make it so that way they're not in fear is kind of what I guess what I'm trying to say. So if you start doing things like memes, start sharing silly, silly stuff, you're going to stand out versus, you know, when Matt is posting about how the entirety of New York is on shutdown and everything's going to, everybody's going to die. And meanwhile, I'm sharing a, a page about Phil Collin with a shirt on. People are going to be more attracted to what I'm doing. I'm sharing Phil Collin with a shirt on than Matt posting about everybody dying in New York. You do, I want to point out, I have to like, so here's the thing is you do have to be legitimately funny yeah. and the way you become legitimately funny, at least from what I can tell, like, unless you're like a naturally funny person, but even mm -hmm. those people, mm -hmm. like the way you become legitimately funny is by consuming a lot of content. Yeah. Right. Like funny think, content you think. Yeah. Like I think there's a lot of people out there who just think they're funny and they're not. And it's because their material is hackneyed or not what people want to hear. And they don't know that because they're not consuming comedians. Or, you know you're, I mean? or you're sharing jokes about like feminists on a feminist page. Yeah. Like you're not aware of the context and yeah. if you consumed more of that page's content. You would know not to do that. Just as an aside, I saw someone do something very not feminist, obviously, but I saw someone do that on Twitter today who shall remain nameless who tried to make a joke at the expense of the person he was tweeting at, but I know he does not know this person and therefore the joke is going to fall like boom. So you also have to keep that in mind too, is that if you know a person um, and you're being humorous to them, uh, it might go over better than if you make a joke at someone you don't know. Cause if for someone example, someone called made fun of Matt, Matt didn't know him. He's probably gonna get offended by it. But if Mayor Keithy made fun of Matt, he's probably going to be able to take the joke. Yeah. And, you know, and there's obviously different cultural expectations and you got to be careful, um, yeah. you know, and I think that's really important too, is sometimes people don't understand the cultural expectations of the other party. Yeah. 
exactly. Like if you're going to be doing something humorous, the very first thing you should be doing, like if you're going to be doing memes and stuff like that, poking fun at your own band is king. That is the king way of doing it. Like if you can find something funny uh, that's relatable to your band and kind of is satirical about your band, do that. Don't poke fun at somebody else. That's like a key thing. Throne of Iron are really good at this. Who? Throne of Iron. They're great at that. Yeah, they're fantastic at that. Like anything you can do, like if you're like in a stoner rock band and you can poke fun at the 60s counterculture type stuff or the 70s type stuff or the stoner culture, do it. it it will you know it can come across you can you can think of about a zillion different types of jokes for that genre right there there's movies that's probably like the most parodied genre ever like you can go to Cheech and Chong for inspiration you know there's that 70s show what else is there uh, dazed and confused you know there's all sorts of places where you can take humor about that culture and make and use it for for your advantage totally Totally, and, totally, totally. Uh, and one other thing I want to point out too is death metal too is would be is extremely easy to parody as well. Like you can, like I mean, just think about it, especially early uh, '90s death metal, '80s '80s death metal. Easiest shit to parody, easiest shit to poke fun at, um, while still having a good sense of humor about things. And yeah, it just makes sense as something to kind of nudge, nudge, wink, wink about, you know. Yeah. And I think exactly. that's important. It's, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Sorry. Because what you're doing essentially by connecting to someone through a meme about a specific piece of the subculture is you're essentially making them feel like they're part of a club, right? Like that's part of the appeal of memes is yeah. that, you know, it's, it's, it's an ideogram, you know, it's not just a, uh, you know, it's not just the words that matter. It's the image. And if you don't understand the image, then a, you're, you know, a, you, you don't understand that ideogram and you have to learn that ideogram, but also you ha- you're not part of the club and you feel excluded. You know, like all of us have seen a meme, not known what it was about and felt kind of bad. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying like people are like going home and crying because they don't understand a meme. You know, we're not all Curtis, but, uh, you know, I have to look like, up ideogram while you're talking. So keep, keep talking. Ideogram, not videogram, buddy. I know. That's what I said. Video. <laughs> okay. An, ideo- an ideogram is essentially an image that represents an idea. So it's sort of like how the, um, I don't know, like, like, like that anime guy looking at the butterfly and him saying, is this a, like, there's a concept behind that beyond the text, right? Like there's the concept of cluelessness behind it or whatever. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, point being, you know, you you're showing, you're making people feel like they're part of a club. You're making them feel like they're part of a thing because they mm-hmm. understand the joke, right? Mm-hmm. And that's really important is understanding the joke. Uh, you know, making other people feel included basically is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, uh, so make, make sure you're doing this in the proper framework. So if you're going to be making memes or joking on Twitter, make sure it is appropriate for the audience you have. If you're going to do a bunch of Christian jokes, don't go to a Christian evangelical page, for example, which I've seen people do stupidities like that or go on a Christian rock band and start making Jesus jokes. Probably a bad idea. Just makes you look bad. Like, unless, unless, you know, and I'm of the opinion that, like, anything, you can joke about anything if it's funny enough. And, like, I definitely do know 
Christians who laugh about Christianity, you know, and are self-aware. But simultaneously, you know, like, your dumb knuckle-dragging joke about about Jesus probably isn't the one that's going to win people over. Yeah, I try to stay away. Like, the best things I, I usually try to do is stay away from anything that involves religion or politics in general, unless it's suitable for the audience you're talking about. Like, me and Matt might be able to joke about those two things to each other, uh, but I would not feel comfortable doing that in general just due to the fact that I don't know my entire audience, right? Like, I mean, for all I know, my audience is filled with Mormons, so if I'm making a Mormon joke might not be a good idea. I don't know, and neither do you. So just be kind of careful about it unless you know your audience. Uh, best things to do, though, is to try to kind of have, you know, kind of catch up, try to do a meme that pokes fun of your genre or your band as a general rule. Would you agree, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I, I think that's a good point, you know, I, I again, because it's, it's about, and the beauty of that too, is that it reinforces the brand, mm -hmm. right? That I, and I think that's something people don't necessarily always understand is like, yeah. by having something about whatever, you know, you, you're, 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 you're helping to build brand more than anything else, because people are like, Oh, okay. This guy is, you know, this guy is clearly a part of a death metal scene. He understands some of the inherent uh, tropes of death metal, for instance. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel the same about, you know, whereas like if someone like doesn't understand, like if someone's in hardcore and they don't understand why a Rick to life joke is funny, then like, mm -hmm. I'm just going to like trust them less. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's not like a personal thing. It's just like Rick to life jokes are funny. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you don't need to know who Rick to life is most listeners. Cause most of you are in hardcore bands, but if you're in a hardcore band, that's like kind of a meme within the genre you should probably know about. You know what I I'm mean? You made that up, but I'm going to check later. No, Rick to life. It's a whole thing. It's really weird. Um, right. but, take your word for it. but the point being, it's um, it's a key part of the culture that I think people kind of need to grasp. And it doesn't always make a ton of sense. But, you know, but you need, but like, the more you can show your familiarity with the community you're trying to be involved in, the more other people are going to fuck with you, is basically what I'm trying to say. Right? Because like, it, if, if you, if you can't create content that shows that you understand the inherent humor of the scene or the inherent thing is going on you're just going to seem weird and like a poser yeah. right like people expect you to you know like if we're talking about death metal people expect you to understand like why the chris barnes cover albums have the reputation they have it's because they're awesome they're not yeah <laughs> I mean, you no, know, but, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is what it is. Um, so just as know. an aside, have, did you like any of their covers or no? I think there's a few that are actually like pretty creative and cool. Yeah. Uh, the TNT one I thought was okay. You know, there's a few that I think are, 
are silly, but also like that guy has been able to with, you know, like this is the thing, right? Is like without really a stable lineup or any other guy to like back him up, uh, he's been able to, to, to keep something going for himself. That's like pretty cool. So I don't know. Like, and they're like one of the best selling death metal bands of all time. Like it or Unbelievably. not. <laughs> well, they had a good run of records early on. Um, okay. <laughs> but regard, but understanding what's going on around Chris Barnes is important because it helps you understand the stick as it were. You know what I, I mean? Can't, I can't believe we're, we've, we're discussing Chris Barnes on this podcast. No, no, but I'm just using him as an example. I know, um, this is just still amazing. You know, like you need, you need to have an understanding of these things. If you don't have an understanding of these things, people are going to think you're a poser and not take you seriously. You know? I mean, obviously anybody who listens to Six Feet Under is not a poser. But what I want to say is, well, because like, Sorry. there's this thing people say where the hardest part to learn about a language and the last part you learn usually is their sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with a culture, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like if you understand a, a, cult, a culture's sense of humor because of memes or whatever, mm-hmm. then that shows you are a part of that culture. If you don't understand their jokes, that shows you have, that tells people like instinctively that you haven't spent enough time which is mm-hmm. fine. It just means people aren't going to think you're funny and it'll work against you. Yep. So I think that about covers it, Matt. I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of my two cents. Anyway, this, uh, do you have any final comments, Curtis? Uh, my final th- uh, thoughts are, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I was, I was going to say something cheesy about six feet under, but I'm not going to, that's it. That's all anyway, I got. This has been dumb and dumbest. You have been listening. Are we done yet?